This is the Coaching Uncovered podcast with me, your host, Emily Hodge, where I cover or uncover some of the biggest coaching industry questions that many of us are asking so that we can get underneath what makes coaching work and where it might even go wrong for individuals and as an industry to help its reputation and worth grow well into the 22nd century to have even more impact. I hope you enjoy the series. I have been so excited to record this episode today. It's a topic you've probably been thinking about too, ever since you wanted to become a coach, or maybe since you've become one. And it's a topic I see mentioned and even alluded to in conversation around coaching. The topic is this, is everybody becoming a coach? And then, is that a bad thing if it is true? And then... What should we do about it if it is true? Is everybody becoming a coach is a pretty broad statement. It's something that comes up because it can feel like the market around coaching is growing exponentially and almost saturated. So specifically, you may also hear the phrase or the question, everybody's becoming a certain type of coach. So for example, we may feel like everybody's becoming a business coach now that we want to be one or now that we're working with one or everyone wants to become a marketing coach or a sales coach or a money coach. I suspect whatever version or type of the industry you're in in coaching, you're probably asking that too. So it can feel like, wow, I found a niche. I've really honed in on the way that I want to coach, but so is everyone else in the same space. So today we're going to cover the more general coach question, not specifically a certain type of coach, but we're going to look and see if it's true and whether that's a good or a bad thing and see what we might do about it if it is actually happening. I think this episode will interest you if you're a coach now and you're feeling that sense that lots of other people are coaches too or how am I going to get my message out. I think you'll also like this episode if you are an old hand at coaching as well and you're looking at changing how you do your coaching and you're taking notice of what the industry is doing you're seeing changes around you too and you want to be at the forefront of those changes you may also like this episode if you're looking for a coach and you're thinking oh my goodness there's loads of coaches how do I find the right one so you might be interested in the industry itself and then looking at how we as coaches organize ourselves to help you as clients find us in the best way so I'm going to explore first whether everybody and what that means as well is actually becoming a coach And how that could be, if it is true, something that we can turn into something that's useful for us. How can we turn it into something positive and encouraging rather than doom and gloom? And particularly for those entering the market, wanting to make their mark in their coaching world, in their coaching business. I don't think really anyone wants to hear really negative stories about the the new job that they're about to start, do they? You don't want to hear the gossip. You don't want to feel like this isn't a great place for me to have started working. But not talking about this stuff actually would be a disservice, not just for new people, but for everybody else in the industry as well. Because it would be like there's this kind of interesting part of it, which we could say is negative, that is being kept secret. And only the top level people like the managers know about this secret and no one on the shop floor gets told. But actually, if we all start talking about these things openly we'll all be able to find really good solutions and feel like everyone's part of the solution rather than it being a top-down approach. I also want to say this isn't just about the coaching industry. Although I'm talking about it, there might be another industry that you're in or you might know of other industries that are having similar discussions. 
the market is saturated. There are lots more people becoming XYZ. And so whilst this is coaching related, the conversations that we're having here, the theory of them would still be relevant for other industries and how we manage the perception of what saturation means and how we feel about there being a busy market out there for us to bring our business into and how we reframe that for the future of the industry that we're working in. First of all, I want to look at the numbers. Research tells us that in the last decade, there's been a massive growth in the coaching industry. The latest stats are something like worth it being worth over $2 billion, which is money being traded in the coaching industry, obviously buying and selling of services. Internet searches of the phrase coaching have gone up, and people requesting coaches um, in terms of specific niches around coaches have also increased. Plus, plus, I saw that websites being registered as coaches are also increasing. If we look at the official numbers, ICF is the one of the biggest coaching registration bodies, International Coaching Federation, and they showed something like a 40% increase in the number of coaches being registered in 10 years, from 2006 to 2016. The number itself was something like 47,000 up to 65. 5,000. And that was across the world. The thing is, that number, I don't think sounds very high. Whilst the 40% could be high, if you look at the actual number, it doesn't seem like it's very high. And that's because if you think about the number of people um, who are in the UK, or the number of people who are in the USA, or the number of people in Australia, of that, how much is 64,000 across all of those countries? And there's more in that study as well. It doesn't seem like very many. But when you think about it, that doesn't mean the industry isn't growing. Not only do the stats show that more people are registering with ICF, we also know that ICF is only one of the registering bodies. And there are actually about 200 across the world. ICF is the biggest granted, but with 200 more, you can imagine that that number would easily double or triple. Plus, we know that just because ICF says those are the numbers, it doesn't tell us the full story. There's also loads of other people who are setting up as coaches who aren't registering with official bodies because they don't need to because coaching isn't an official registered trademarked phrase or title and there's also you know probably loads of people who are doing coach-like work who wouldn't necessarily call themselves coaches but they're still providing the same function they're still providing support listening space you know growth great questions, all the things we would define coaching as. That's where that $2 billion is made up of. It's not the numbers on a list from one body. It's timesing that by almost 200 and looking around the world at where else everyone is, whether they're registered or not. So the numbers do tell us that lots more people are indeed becoming coaches. And the ICF report, I'll link to it in the show notes, is also really interesting around the income of coaches. A lot of the income, the highest proportion comes into and out of USA and UK. And if you look at the average income of a coach, it's quite an interesting one. It's around fifty to $60,000 a year. And that doesn't really take account of the range. So obviously some of those coaches will be earning very little. Some of those coaches will be earning six, multiple six, seven figures. And so the range is actually quite important as well and where the range is, because that will determine how you feel about the coaches around you, particularly locally or the ones that you're connecting with online and the impression you're getting about the coaching industry as a result of that. So the numbers tell us that lots of people are becoming coaches, but is it actually everyone? Let's have a look at that phrase. So we need to check out whether what we're really thinking about this is true. And if it is true, why it might be a negative thing 
anyway. If it was negative, let's put that slant on it. It might be negative because it makes us feel that the market is saturated. So what on earth is the point in us doing what we do? in us sharing our passion and us trying to transform individuals or groups or community what's the point if there's loads of people already doing it we can feel like there's loads of competition and that competition is only growing and we are feeling even more quiet in that competition maybe especially if you're slightly introverted it's making you go quieter you don't want to get louder to be heard over all the noise and therefore it can feel like i'm not keeping up i'm never going to keep up so what what am i doing we can also then feel like there's less room for creativity and maybe space for our voice because there's already been taken somebody's already said all this before and we can feel like it's almost overstepping the mark. Like, who am I to be sharing this message? Is this really that different from what someone else already said? Um, Because everybody else has said it. And we can also feel like if everybody is becoming a coach, everybody already is a coach, we can feel like we're sort of the newbie in the old boys network, however long we've been doing it maybe. And maybe that's part of the imposter syndrome that lots of us do experience. It can also, interestingly enough, take away the shine that individuals have when they get into coaching. Probably like you, I had a really personal reason for becoming a coach. It is to this day important to me and it felt at the time. I think what you learn quite quickly as well is that you're not the only one with that story. You're not the only one with a tragedy or a difficulty or a life change um, that led you to want to go into getting coaching and then being a coach. You're not the only one. You're not that special is what it essentially reminds you. And that can feel a bit deflating. Let's look at this a bit later on because I want you to know that all of those things are just about you reframing and being innovative with what you know about coaching. So I'm going to come back to all those points. They're just a way of saying that's why it could feel negative. But let's take a look and see what might be happening as well in our perception of coaching. And the first point really here I want to make is, is it actually true that everyone's becoming a coach or is it that you're just looking at who's around you specifically? Who's around you specifically might be people who are physically in your space, uh, you know, in your community, in your new colleague groups maybe, and certainly online if you're coaching and you're doing anything online. But I can see around me that I've got lots of coaches and probably more so even now than five years ago when I started. So it can feel like, hang on a minute, everyone is also a coach too. They're everywhere. But isn't that because I collect coaches? Isn't that because I gravitate towards other coaches and other coaches gravitate towards me? And isn't that because it's very likely that you do too, because you started to acquire examples and people and communities around you who are people in a similar field and also connected by similar ways of thinking or processing or similar values, which means that also then goes down to the detail of what you probably see online too, because you probably have liked few coaching pages and therefore you've been sent more because Facebook ads are very clever at targeting like that. So you're then sent more coaches and you think, hang on a minute, I just set up as a coach. Now everyone's trying to sell me all sorts of coaching industry stuff, which can just feel a bit noisy again, can't it? And by the way, I use ads, so um, I'll come to that another time. But I think it can enhance this idea of feeling, wow, okay, I'm not so special or I'm not so individual. What happened to my voice in the coaching space? Outside of Facebook, you're probably hanging out with other coaches that you might have trained with or you're getting advice from or that you're in masterminds with because you resonate with how they work or how they talk or how they communicate with others. You're collecting coaches probably around you very naturally and maybe very jovially as well. What that can do for you as well is to start to think, am I only in a coaching bubble? 
struggle? Am I only talking to other coaches around me? Or am I only connecting with people who are similar in the way that they communicate with others and they have values of? That doesn't have to be a bad thing. But what you do need to remember is there are other people out there who aren't coaches, who've got nothing to do with the coaching industry, who would never want to have anything to do with the coaching industry as well, which is quite an interesting part of it. Equally, you may not only be collecting coaches, but you might be collecting your specific type of coaching. So you look at the hashtag mindset coach and you follow other people around mindset coaching because you're interested and then suddenly you're chatting to mindset coaches online um, and then you go to a conference where it's all about speaking publicly and you have other coaches there who want to do the same so you become speaker coaches you know coaches at that point and that's cool but all it's doing is making you think there are only coaches in this world am I wanting to be hanging out with only coaches It isn't a bad or a good thing, but just remember that if you're feeling like, oh my goodness, everybody's becoming a coach, the market is saturated. Maybe it is true or maybe it's also part of your perception. But don't let your perception or the fact that more people are becoming coaches be a problem for you. Turn it into something that you can use and that you can make positive. So there's another thing about looking to see whether it is actually true if everybody is becoming a coach. And this can be to do with confirmation bias. This is around if you want it, you may think that other people want it too. So I suddenly want the toy that I wasn't playing with yesterday because my friend has looked at it. (laughs) Could be an example. You know that feeling of when children do that and it's almost like, I want this thing. I better almost keep it for myself. Otherwise, it will feel like other people have got their hands on it also. And that's fine. That's kind of a natural human instinct sometimes, isn't it? To be protective. But if we can take ourselves out of that mindset, because that's quite a fixed mindset and it's quite a mindset that will almost keep us away from collaborating and sharing and being open to new opportunities. That, That almost is quite closed. And I don't know if you're being closed, but check out whether you think you might be, because it feels like oh my goodness, everyone's a coach. So now that I'm one, I'm going to keep myself and make sure I beat the competition and get better than everybody else. It's okay. Competition is fine and it's healthy, but make sure you're using it to provide you with positive motivation, not so you can clamber over other people and just be almost bigger and better and louder than them. So is it actually true or is it your perception that you think, well, I want it so other people must want to be a coach or other people must want this same type of outcome or this same formula that I'm using you know we can go even to that detail can't it let's go back to what this would be if it was such a negative thing the market is saturated too much competition less room for us my voice is useless Uh, there's no point in me doing this I'm a new person in town everyone else is established I don't feel so special anymore but let's have a look at this from consumer perspective and you have probably been a consumer of coaching you may be one right now even as you want to be a coach too and look and see how really is a good thing and for a good reason that consumers are getting switched on about coaching most of us are likely to have been consumers that's often how we became a coach ourselves anyway we know so much about how coaching can transform us our worlds other people's worlds because of this way of kind of being of thinking of moving 
moving us past difficulties, thinking in, um, yes, positives, but not glossing over them always, but, you know, enhancing our lives. We also know that we can find out so much more about coaching now as well. And we know that in societies, there's almost this desire now to have much more personal and professional development than we ever have done before. There's also an autonomy around who we are as individuals. So I get to choose particularly, you know, what I do with my life. And there's much more interest, particularly around millennials, finding their purpose, you know, than there ever was 10, 15, 20 years ago. And so you can see how coaching as a form of support in finding purpose is hits the nail on the head for many, many people, young and old, I have to say. It's becoming more desirable as an industry, as a thing for individuals to take on board to enhance their lives as well. And it's therefore more talked about. It's more socially acceptable. We're seeing more searches for it as we found out. With that, there's definitely been a move of coaching from corporate culture to more independent, so businesses, entrepreneurs, um, small organisations. So it's no longer just the executive coach, the career coach. It's the small business coach, the mindset coach, the money coach. There's so many more types of um, support that people want and therefore so many more ways to provide that support. We know that access to coaching is really important as well. We know that coaching may not be on Maslow's hierarchy of needs until obviously basics are settled and sorted for many individuals. But we also know that people value value the idea of being able to change things in their life. Maybe that's for social mobility, maybe it's for their their hearts, their heads, their bodies, maybe it's for their money, their finances, you know, their families. People value the idea that they can change something in their life if something isn't working or if something wants to be enhanced. So we know that there are many more people not just becoming coaches as we knew from the stats, but many more people looking for them. So many more people want coaches. You and I still want coaches probably. I'll always want a coach for different reasons at different times with different perspectives and different styles. And that's okay. I just know that I work really well when I have someone guiding me through really tricky parts, really interesting and growth parts of my own life. And that's why I choose to be coached alongside being a coach myself. You can see there's many parts to this conversation in answering the question, is everybody becoming a coach? It requires for those words to be picked apart, what the everybody means and whether or not it is a bad or a good thing and what we can do about it either way anyway. So we know that coaching is growing as a fast growing industry worth millions and billions. And we know there is supply and demand. We know that our beliefs about who we are as a coach and how we look at the world as well might impact how we feel about this question and whether or not we think it's true too but we also know that we have the ability to reframe things and we know that there's nothing stopping us being a healthy part of the billions that are already in the coaching industry and to have an equally thriving coaching practice or business or part of you know, influence in that industry that we can make innovative for the future. For our future, sure, but also for the future of the coaching industry and how we help transform other people's lives as well. I'm aware that even raising this topic can be kind of anxiety inducing. It might be that I'm almost seen as a negative Nancy. And why would I even raise it? Why would I even discourage um, new coaches or existing coaches to think um, they couldn't they, they, they have to think about the saturated market. 
I actually think it's vital we do think about this because you and I know that we have the ability to make innovative decisions. We can be quick on our feet. We can make changes. And if that's the way that we need to go to keep being able to support the people that we want to do, then I wholeheartedly embrace it. I'm excited for it. And if you can make this into something you're excited about, that the things that might be a challenge in the market, the things that maybe even other people see as negative, we can flip into positive and feel excited and really, really happy about for our business businesses. If you're just starting out as a coach and you're thinking, oh my goodness, what am I getting myself into? I really want you to sit back and think about before I start, now I am starting, what's the opportunity for me? What do I need to listen to to help me begin and immerse myself in this business that I'm starting? What do I need to do to make this something that works for my personality? Because I really hope that you're not feeling that you have to be someone else. And how can I make my personality work in the coaching industry? as it exists and as it innovates to meet the people that I want to meet to support and transform their lives. You might be thinking, well, how do I specifically make this an opportunity for me? It's all very well me wanting to turn it into a positive. There are so many ways you can do that. But think about what that means for the market and where your space in it is. One of the things you absolutely should, could, can will be doing is thinking about your particular voice, your message and what you do to help support the people that you support. And of course, who those people are, you know, what group are they in, whether they're coaches or not, and what you do to let them know that you are around and that you can help them with their issues. So yeah, this comes down to almost a messaging, a branding, Um, a marketing type issue but see it as something that's vital for you to get clarity on you feeling like you still stand out in the market even if it's busy even if it gets busier what you say how unique you can be with your lovely message to help other people find you as well and I don't mean unique as in be wacky and wild if that's not you I mean what is it you bring as a person, as a personality? Because for the most part, whether you're corporate, whether you're self-employed, whether you're charity or volunteering, we all resonate with individuals, don't we? We resonate with the people that we talk to. So the more individual you can be and the more of yourself you can show up as, the better things will be to even wipe out the idea that there's competition. And another solution, let's say, is to think about how having more coaches in the industry could be a benefit for you. Look, it's no secret that there are lots of coaches who are coaching coaches. And I'm going to do a whole episode on that for the Coaching Uncovered podcast. But in all honesty, what does it mean for you as a coach if you notice that there are lots of other coaches too? What opportunity does that bring for you? What skills can you provide to other people who need them also? Whether you end up being a coach who only coaches coaches. Again, we'll talk about that. But what skill can you provide? What information or confidence can you provide them and other people that you can help them with to mitigate the fact that the market is flooded? And what does it mean that that does for the world? What impact does it have if you do that too? So rather than seeing this as a difficult and a competitive way to be working, see it as a really vital opportunity. Use it as a chance to see how you connect with your individual clients in a really amazing way and that you can meet them where they're at. With that, I know that you'll develop your coaching practice incredibly well and it will be sustainable way more into the future than if you rely on tactics or formulas that may not work for you because they just don't work for everybody at certain times and in certain places they might work but not for everybody and you know that you'll 
continue to go and coach based on your values and the way that you want to connect, which is probably the reason, the root cause for you being a coach anyway. You'll find the way and you'll find the parts that suit you and that suit the clients that you want to work with and you'll be proud to call yourself a coach as a result. You'll find the way to make the transformations that you want for other people and you'll find a way to make it work so that it feels like you're enhancing the ability to coach and that you're moving with the times. I trust you to do that because I know that that's the kind of person that you are. I hope you've enjoyed this merry little discussion today. We've danced around the question a little bit and I've tried to share some of the facts and some of the beliefs and some of the perceptions around coaching and I'd love to hear what you think too. I bet you have thoughts. There might even be other things that are going through your mind that I haven't covered so share them with me because this is an open discussion for you to be part of also. So I'd love you to leave a review and any comment you like on the podcast as well it's on itunes and i will be over on my instagram which is at gentle underscore life underscore mindful underscore business do you like how long it is where you can hear me talk about this episode and share with you in the comments and dms what is happening around the coaching industry i will really look forward to hearing what you think thanks for listening to this episode of coaching uncovered podcast with me your host emily hodge To find more episodes, find me over on Instagram at gentle underscore life underscore mindful underscore business, where I share each episode as they're launched and hear your comments too. You can find the podcast on iTunes and Acast also. Have a great day.